Okay, hello and welcome to the Trinity Podcast with me, Rob Burkhead. And me, Ben Hughes. We're the co-founders of Trinity Transformation and creators of the Fit Over 40 method. And for more information about what we do, go to www.fit40info.com. So in today's episode, we're going to answer the question, how to stop being addicted to sugar. So sit back and relax and welcome to today's Trinity Podcast. So we work with lots and lots of women and one really common thing we see is or hear is that people feel like they're addicted to sugar and we hear lots of different stories about what their lifestyles look like. So Ben, what kind of stuff do you hear you know, on a daily basis from women who feel like they're addicted to sugar? So I think one thing that comes up time and time again is using sugary foods as kind of a pick me up. So whether that's a really sugary coffee first thing in the morning or, you know, when energy levels start to dip, like after like mid morning time, whether that's hitting kind of a 3 p.m. slump and then grabbing some biscuits or some cake to, to make it through. If you find yourself gravitating towards sugary things, you're probably, to kind of pick your energy up, you're probably addicted to sugar. Another kind of tell of this is if you struggle to resist sugary foods. So for example, when somebody brings in a tray of muffins they baked at work or some cookies or chocolate or whatever, you can't, you almost can't stop yourself from grabbing it. And you're, start, you're sitting there looking at it, having this conversation with yourself in your head, like, oh, go on, just have one. It's, it, it'll be delicious. It's worth it, et cetera. Um, or even kind of eating the kids' snacks after a hard day of work. Or finding yourself, and if you find yourself kind of gravitating towards those sugary foods, so what I hear about quite often is you'll, you'll be kind of on the way somewhere, and you'll find yourself without even kind of thinking about it, almost automatically pulling into a petrol station or a little co-op or a supermarket or whatever to grab yourself a chocolate bar on the way home from work or whatever it is, just to kind of keep you going. Um, and then as well as that, it's just kind of, if you find yourself at any point, just kind of sitting there eating chocolate, not even really knowing why you're doing it. So maybe sitting in front of the TV after a hard day of work or hard day of kind of you know care, caring for the family and all of those type of things it's probably a bit of an addiction. Yeah, definitely. And this, the funny thing is what we find is that most people know this isn't a healthy thing to be doing nowadays. You know, they know about diabetes. They know that it's very easy to overconsume and gain weight from it. But, you know, saying no is not very easy to these things, is it? Like the women we work with don't have, for want of a better word, they don't have a particularly easy life in terms of compared to, people like us who are a bit younger, you know, single or, you know, it, you know, we don't have kids. We don't have all the complication. It's much harder for, for women, you know, when you've got the pressures of things like a successful career, managing a team of people, you know, you've got 10 people, 20 people, 30 people who report to you. You're always in the firing line as well. The buck stops with you. So there's tons of work stress. And then on top of that, a lot of people, you know, struggling with hormonal changes from menopause or perimenopause, you know, you've got hot flushes, you're not sleeping well, which is causing you to have even worse cravings. You've got aches and pains and you just want something to make you feel a bit better or to, you know, something to enjoy in your busy, crazy day. And then on top of all of that, most of the women we work with, you know, their kids or their husband always have snacks in the cupboard that they love to eat and that they can get away with eating because, you know, they're younger or they're more active or they're, you know, they're, you know, a bigger person, you know, a lot of men can get away with eating more. And so they have all these snacks around and the temptation is always there. And 
what happens is they end up giving into that after all of those stressful things are happening. So is this an addiction though? That's, that's kind of the big question. Like, and what does that mean? So Ben, what's, what's kind of the definition of addiction? So the definition of addiction, we've looked this up specifically, is the fact or condition of being addicted to a particular substance or activity. And if you look up kind of addiction, what does being addicted mean? It's, it's like a physical or emotional, I can't remember what it was now. Exactly. <laughs> Style that one. Very, uh, it's being addicted. And you've got to look at the definition of addicted after you looked at the definition of addiction. Because addicted just tells you, uh, addiction just tells you that you're addicted. Definition of being addicted is physically and mentally dependent on a particular substance. So it's, you're probably physically and mentally dependent on a substance if you find yourself continuously gravitating back towards it again and again, whether that's for energy, whether that's comfort eating, whether that's to deal with stress, uh, whether it's just you feel that you, you just can't avoid it, that you just kind of need it. Like, oh, I just, I hear people say all the time, oh, I just need a bit of chocolate. I just need this. I just need a little sugar rush just to keep me going, just to get me through. And it's exactly the same as when people are like, oh, I just need a cigarette. I just need a drink. Like, it's not true. You don't really need it. But if you find yourself feeling that you're in that position, that you do kind of need this, um, it can be a very difficult situation to be in. Just like it's difficult to get rid of an addiction to drugs or alcohol, people go to rehab centers and have therapy and all sorts to get over these addictions. But when it comes to sugar, none of that kind of help and support is available. It's just kind of a widely accepted thing that it's part of a balanced diet. Um, that, oh, well, a bit, bit of sugar is fine. You need a bit of sugar in a, in a balanced diet kind of thing. I've heard people say that as well, which is not really true. But um, yeah, it's anything that you, it, I would define like the simplest way to figure out, are you addicted to sugar? If you're listening to this is like, could you give up sugar today? Could you just never eat sugar again from today? If you couldn't, you're probably addicted to it. And it, yeah, and if you're eating it and you know you shouldn't be having it, that's probably another sign. Like, you know, it's not good for you. You know, your health markers are not great. You know, maybe your blood sugar is elevated. You've been to the doctors and they've told you that. I hear that a lot from people nowadays. Or, you know, you're pre-diabetic or just your weight, you're overweight, which can lead to all the health conditions. Like it makes it much more, you might be much more susceptible to all of those things. If your weight isn't at a healthy level, then you probably know that this isn't something you should be doing, but you're having it anyway. That's another good sign, I think. So if yeah. you have that, if you have that kind of compulsive urge, like it is very hard to get out of, as Ben said there, like it's very difficult to break an addiction and there's a lot less help with sugar. But first of all, it's important to understand often why this happens. It's like a, it's, it's like a vicious cycle, isn't it? It's like the reason the sugar addiction gets worse is because you're feeding the sugar addiction. Because what we see happen a lot of the time is you create this kind of energy roller coaster. So what happens is you have an energy slump in the day. Often the women we work with have an energy slump because they're not fueling their body correctly. They're not eating very well and they're not eating actually enough real food. So what they then have is an energy crash. You know, they may skip breakfast or they may only have a coffee in the morning or they may have like a bowl of cereal or some toast. None of which are going to do your energy any good long term. Ignore the Shreddies advert, it's nonsense. Um, all of those things are just going to spike your energy as well because they're mainly just based on carbs or there's no energy, you know, no calories in them at all. So what they then experience is this energy slump and that may be mid-morning, it may be mid-afternoon because they haven't actually fueled their body correctly. So they get, then get this energy slump, which then your body is crying out for food. It's craving 
anything that's going to give you that energy back. And the thing that's going to give you the energy back the quickest temporarily is sugar. So what happens is you have these crazy cravings, you're craving sugar because you've not fueled your body well. You have the sugar and that does give you a spike of energy for a very short period of time. But the, the kind of misconception here is that, that this is some sort of useful energy. It's not. It's just like a flash in the pan. It's a really quick spike of energy. It might be 15 minutes. It might be half an hour if you're very, very lucky. I tend to find it's pretty short. It's like 10 minutes. And then again, you're craving sugar again. So half an hour later, 15 minutes later, if you're lucky, it could be an hour later, but then you're craving again because your energy has dropped because your blood sugar has gone up. The sugar's digested really quickly, which then causes your energy to crash again. And then you're craving again. And so what you then do is you just keep repeating the cycle of energy slumps, terrible cravings, eat sugar, energy slump, terrible craving, eat sugar, energy slump, and terrible craving, eat sugar. And you just ride this roller coaster all day and all week of having sugar, which then makes you feel worse and then having more sugar. And it's just, just like any kind of addiction, really. It's like hair of the dog. It's just not going to make you feel better long than the long run. It's not going to make you healthier, but it's very difficult to get off that. So that's the kind of underlying, one of the underlying problems anyway, that causes it is actually just the process of having it. So trying to ease yourself off it. I've heard people say this. I'm sure you have as well, Ben. Yeah. It's not a good strategy. So what, what kind of causes beyond what we just talked about are there that can lead people to get stuck in these cycles and what can they do about it? Yeah. So there, there are a number of different ones. So the, the first one is um, kind of not eating proper meals. So if you're fine, if you're one of those people, you wake up in the morning, you go out of the house in a rush Maybe the first thing you have is a sugary coffee and your, your energy levels are starting to crash at 11 p.m. You have a sugary coffee and like a pastry or something like a chocolate croissant or whatever, or just a chocolate bar on the go or a breakfast bar. Even those like Belvita bars or breakfast bars or whatever, are just like pure sugar. Or even just you wake up and you have cereal first thing in the morning. Um, even granola and things like that that seem healthier, yeah. sugary. Special K as well. I find this is the weirdest one. Special K is like the healthy version of Kellogg's cereal apparently it has loads of it has more sugar in than like cornflakes and stuff but um I, and I saw sorry to de- de- to hijack this but I saw a funny thing the other day that granola also has more sugar and calories in it way more than cocoa pops so yeah another healthy option but yeah what were you going to say yeah so um if you if you're kind of you're not having proper meals if all your meals consist of sugar then your energy levels are going to be up and down so if you're if you're not having like you know, vegetables, protein, healthy fats, good carbs. So, you know, rather than sugars and breads and stuff, you're having like rice, potatoes, vegetables. Um, even a piece of fruit is better than having like a chocolate bar or whatever. But if you're, if you're eating good, wholesome foods, you're going to have good energy levels. So if you're having proper food, you'll have good energy levels. If you're just having sugary junk food, you're going to have up and down energy levels, as Rob, as you said before, Rob. And then that's base that's going to make you crave sugar because you're going to until you get off that roller coaster, you're going to crave sugar. And what, what we find, like with all of these things we're going to suggest, like the ultimate solution to all of these is you need to stop eating sugar. It's just the same as somebody who's, who's smoking cigarettes. We can't just like the solution to somebody who's smoking cigarettes is just stop smoking cigarettes. Stop putting that little, there's that advert that was, uh, what was that? Ad? There was an advert a while ago and he was just talking about like, oh, it's just that little white stick you put in your mouth. You just can't just stop doing it kind of thing. I can't say I remember it. I don't watch adverts. <laughs> my, my rendition of it was not very, uh, <laughs> wasn't very good. But anyway, um, you've just got to stop doing it. Yeah, it's like um, an alcoholic. You know, that's an easy example, isn't it? 
you, you don't say addict. alcoholic, try and just have a few less drinks. Doesn't work. Or heroin addict. You don't say, oh, just, you know, start, don't inject heroin every day. Just have it every other day. You'll be, that'll be fine. You'll, you'll, you'll do all right. You'll be able to quit it. You, you can't. You have to go cold turkey. But like what we do with our clients inside of our Fit Over 40 program, um, if you want to find out about that, again, www.fit40info.com is we just get them to do like a detox. So it's just like, right, you're not eating sugar at the start of the program, just for a short period of time, just for one or two weeks. But by doing that, it forces them then to eat better quality of quality food. And pretty much every client I've ever worked with, they find that for the first couple of days, they have, might have they might have some withdrawal symptoms. They might feel sluggish, tired. Headaches is another common one. But after that, suddenly their energy levels naturally pick up. Their body is able to naturally start producing more energy. They're eating better quality of food. They're feeling sustained and energetic throughout the entire day. So it's all about just, if you fuel your body correctly with good food, you will have good energy levels. You won't crave sugar. If you fuel your body with crap, sugary food, quick, easy crap food, your energy levels will be up and down all the time and you will, you'll never be able to step off that roller coaster. Yeah, that's a, it's a really important, simple change that, you know, I do speak to people who've done this on their own as well, but they struggle to do it now on their own. And we'll get into reasons why that could be as well, because giving up sugar on your own is pretty hard. Just like giving up alcohol on your own is pretty hard. Generally people do it with counseling or some sort of support system around them. So don't think you have to do this on your own. As Ben said, you know, we, we help people to do this. It's very rare that people do this on their own and succeed just because it's so, so difficult. If you have all of those cravings, uh, cravings, all of those temptations around you, work, snacks, you know, friends trying to give you cakes and treats and biscuits. Christmas is coming up. You can have chocolates and things like that everywhere. Yeah. It's completely possible, but you've got to get enough leverage on yourself and you've got to get the right support. So we'll get into how to do that in just a bit. But the, the, the next thing you really got to do, like I think if you're listening to this, probably one of the things you might struggle with is believing you can actually do it. And what we find is mindset is always the core of any change you need to make. If your mind isn't in the right place, um, then you're not going to be able to do it. So if you don't truly believe you can do it, you won't commit. You won't commit 100%. You'll, you know, you'll try and ease off it and you'll quickly give up and cave. And that's a fundamental thing. You need to have the belief there. And it's very difficult to get that belief in yourself if you know the evidence that's there is you probably can't do it alone. So if, if you've tried on your own and you failed, if you can't give up sugar at the moment and you've tried lots of different diets and you know they've not really worked out long-term and you're back into the same old cycles of eating sugar again, you probably, you know, it's probably true that you can't do it on your own, hence why you don't believe you can do it on your own. Otherwise, if, if you could do it, you would have already done it. Or you could just say, today, I'm going to do it, and you would succeed. If that doesn't work, you probably know it doesn't work on your own. And what you need to do is find someone or something who's got proof that they can help people like you succeed with this. And we've got loads of case studies of that. We're going to go through those at the end as well. But doing this stuff on your own is hard. You've just got to kind of be honest with yourself with this. You know, Ben and I pay mentors to help us with lots of different business development things. I still pay coaches at CrossFit now to help me coach and get even better at my weightlifting and um, with my fitness because I know on my own, I will coast. I will not commit 100%. Um, and I know with business stuff, again, we don't necessarily know how to succeed with everything. So we invest in someone who does, who's got a proven track record of helping us to succeed with those things. But that's not it. You know, there's, there's still more reasons we find why people don't give up on sugar. So, so what else is there then? Uh, just kind of going back to beliefs as well, like shifting beliefs is a really difficult thing. 
Like you can shift your own beliefs, but the problem with beliefs is you'll, if you've told yourself over and over and over again, like I need to have sugar, I need to have sugar, or like I'm a lazy person, or you know I've got an addictive personality, or um, you know I'm I can't do it, I don't have any self control, I don't have any willpower, I don't have any motivation. If you tell yourself these things over and over and over again in your head, and kind of out loud, if somebody says like uh, you know you you just if you demonstrate that to yourself over and over again, then you do start to believe that that's how you are ultimately you've got to shift that belief to like oh i can do it i do have willpower i can you know i'm a disciplined person you can shift those beliefs but as rob said like from the start it can be very very difficult to um to do that like on your own so i think working with somebody it can give you you can sort of borrow that belief off off somebody so if i say to someone you'll cut out sugar for a week be no problem just cut it out it'll be absolutely fine if you have any problems just come to me i can like give them that belief that will carry them through for long enough that then they demonstrate to themselves that new belief until eventually they're like, well, wow, I can do it. I actually can do it. So it's, um, yeah, it is possible to shift your beliefs, but it's, it is very difficult to just suddenly wake up one day and be like, now I don't need to eat any sugar. Yeah. And we, we give like our members a structured way of doing this as well. Don't we, as well as you said, you know, you give them the support and the confidence that they can do it, which is a big thing. We also teach, a number of different mindset tools that help you to kind of a good way of thinking about this is like stacking stacking rocks is a good way of doing it, or stacking weights if you think of a set of scales like kitchen scales or something like that old-fashioned ones where you put weights on different sides or the lawyer scales if you've ever seen that picture basically what you've got to do is stack more weights or rocks by doing enough mindset work and by you know reinforcing that belief over and over again on the side that you want to believe let's say it's the positive thought that you know I can do this or, you know, I can give up sugar or I have willpower. You want to make sure you stack enough stuff on that side that that is the stronger voice in your head than the one that says, I can't do it. I can't give up sugar. I'm a sugar addict. I have an addictive personality because most of it comes from, it's just as Ben said, people telling you, you telling yourself over the years, over and over again, that you can't do it. The reality is if you were forced to, and if you had the support needed to do it and the leverage needed to do it, you probably could do it. And that comes from also shifting those beliefs. So we give people tools that they can actually do this for themselves rather than, you know, temporarily doing something on a diet, <coughs> pardon me, <coughs> losing my voice today, temporarily doing something on a diet or a plan, but actually still having the same limiting beliefs underlying it that I can't do it, that I'm actually, you know, I've got no willpower. And they get to the end of the diet and then they just go back to their old ways again. So there's a lot of different things you need to do here to really succeed with this long-term as well. Also, I think we find people, some people just don't really want to stop. Don't, don't we, you were saying about this before the podcast, Ben. Yeah. So yeah. What, 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 what did you mean by that? You, you were telling me, you know, some people just don't actually want to stop with this. No. So they, um, like ultimately if you're, if you're eating sugar or you're drinking alcohol or whatever it is you're addicted to, there is something, even though if you might, you might think like, oh, this is a bad habit I need to get rid of. Realistically, you are getting something positive out of it. Otherwise, you wouldn't, you would stop doing it. Like I don't smoke cigarettes at all because for me, there's no positives of, of smoking cigarettes. I've never smoked cigarettes to the point where I'm like, um, maybe I've like tried one and I'm like, oh, that's gross. But I've never like, you know, go through a whole pack and then two packs and whatever. And then you get to the point where you're getting some benefit from it. You, that nicotine gives you a, a boost or whatever it is people get out of smoking. They feel like they look cool. I don't understand. But anyway, relaxing, sugar, isn't it? it helps them chill out. 
Yeah. <laughs> but like with the sugar, you're getting something, you're getting the energy boost, you're getting, the, everyone knows like donuts and chocolate and cakes and stuff. They're delicious. They are, they're nice to eat. They give you like pleasure in your taste buds. So there's that, there's the sugar high from it. Um, it could be that it kind of, it takes, distracts your mind from what you're thinking about. So you kind of use it to, to numb out and to kind of avoid all the other problems you've been thinking about. Yeah. And a lot, so sorry to interject a lot of people use it as a way of controlling as well don't they if they've got nothing else they can control in their life you know family life's not going too well mm. maybe the relationship's not as good as it could be or you know parent family members ill or has died and works crazy and they can't really control that the one thing some people find is they can control their food and that's the one thing they can actually you know be the master of and be like i'm having this sugary thing it makes me feel better and they can, they can actually do that. So they manage that as the one thing in their life that they, they're in control of, or they feel in control of. Yeah, so if you, if you link all of that positive emotion to it, you might not even want to give it up. You might be like, oh, it'd be nice to give up sugar. But really, you're not, it's not like I must do this. I need to stop doing this. So what can really help with that is um, kind of what we're, we're going to go on to that in a second. But like, um, it, it's create like shifting the way that you, that you see sugar and whatever so you've got like on one as rob said like you've got these two sides of the scales on one side of the scales you've got all of those good things like taste good it gives you that high blah 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 blah. you've got to then weigh up what's the other side of this well it rots my teeth it's going to give me diabetes i'm not going to be around for my kids i'm gaining weight i'm struggling to go up the stairs getting out of breath um i've got like joint aches i'm always tired um my energy levels are always lacking. It's, you know, I'm not able to get into any of my clothes. I feel self-conscious at social events. People kind of like to avoid this though. They like to just ignore this and just push it to one side and say, oh, none of this stuff exists. So one of the first things we do when we take on a new client is we just have a chat with people and we like ask them these questions like, how is this really affecting your life? How is this affecting that? How is this affecting this? And then we suddenly start piling up all this evidence on this side of the scale so that actually they realize that eating sugar is having a massive negative impact on their life. And at that point, you can shift from being in a position where you actually don't want to stop because you're just seeing the benefits of what you're doing to actually you're seeing like, oh, this, this actually outweighs the, the negatives of this are massively outweighing the positives. And then that's, I think, when that shift happens, when you're like, right, well, I'm going to make this change. I can see that I need to make this change now. And uh, that's one of the reasons, one of the ways that we get people to, to make this change or to actually want to do this. Yeah. And another thing you can do as well as that. So one's getting clear on the impact it's having on your life. And another one I wanted to add actually is that menopause, a lot of people we, we work with are perimenopausal, menopausal. The symptoms of menopause are made so much worse by sugar, you know, hot flushes, not being able to sleep, joint pains and aches, Overconsuming sugar will make all of that worse. So having all of it, knowing, kind of knowing all of that will also help you to shift it. But another thing that really, really helps to, to make a change is to get leverage on yourself. And what we mean by this is doing something that's going to force you to do it. So for example, you need to have something, something to lose or something big to gain in order to actually go ahead and make that change. So for example, we had a client, or have a client called Adele, and she was working with us at our Unstoppable event. And Ben reminded me of this earlier. We're working with our, our Unstoppable event in October. It's a mindset event we do every single quarter. And she was talking about the leverage she's going to get on herself to make the change that she needs to make was that if she didn't do it, every single day she didn't do it, she was going to give money to her husband 
that he could then use to buy a motorbike or buy motorbike parts. And that was something that really wound her up and that kind of annoyed her, but he would get great pleasure in doing. So, you know, he, he would happily not, he didn't want to see her not succeed, but he would happily then take the money if she didn't do what she said she was going to do and spend it on her motorbikes. She didn't want to see that. He wanted to see that. So it worked really, really well as a reason for her not to do it because she didn't want him to do that. So getting some kind of leverage on yourself, generally from something external, because if doing it <coughs> yourself doesn't work very well, makes a huge, huge difference. And there's also different websites that can help with this now. Um, there's one called Beeminder, I think. There's one called Slack, where you can, they, they have independent adjudicators who will, if you don't achieve something, they will take a certain amount of money and give it to something. So if you don't submit your, you know, your updated measurements or your, you know, your, your goal weight and show them prove that you're at your goal weight in a video or in a picture, they will then donate a certain amount of money to charity or, you know, give it away to something. And the most powerful leverage, this is, this is a little bit comedic, but I heard this on another podcast that I thought was, was quite interesting. They said, don't give it to a charity you like, because you won't actually feel, you know, you, you won't have that much leverage on yourself to not do it or to do the thing you need to do. So for example, if it's giving up sugar, don't give it to Cancer Research UK if that's something that's close to your heart. Pledge the money through one of these things or, you know, through a friend who's going to hold you accountable or, you know, through a coach to something that you really don't want to donate any money to. So the example given in this podcast was that someone said they were going to give something like $500 to the Nazi party of America if they didn't um, stick to something. So for example, like sticking up sugar, uh, giving up sugar. And they didn't want to do that, A, because obviously that would feel horrible to give money to something they hated so much. But B, because it's going to be on record as well for the rest of their life that they've given money to a Nazi party. So of course, they were never ever going to let themselves fail at this. So it's about giving yourself enough leverage that you will not fail, whether that's posting something publicly on social media and saying, I'm going to give £100 to this charity if by this date, I haven't posted my transformation and I'm a stone lighter or, you know, I've, and I haven't given up sugar, whatever it may be, it's finding that leverage because you need to have enough skin in the game to make yourself change. And I mean, the simplest one of it at all is always using money. If you don't want to lose money, if you're the kind of person who doesn't want to lose a certain amount of money, make sure there's money involved. It makes a huge difference. Even though it's very, very simple, we are incentive driven and we're also loss driven or a loss avoidance, um, you know, uh, beings, we don't want to lose, lose stuff. So make sure, you know, you've invested in it in some way, whether that's pledging money, something or investing in something. And if it's cheap, you probably won't do it. You've probably found this, you know, you might get an app that's five ninety nine a month to do some workouts or to give up sugar. You've probably noticed that didn't work, but if you spent more on something, you're more likely to actually stick to it and do it. So leverage is a huge one, but what there's one other thing that kind of, we see that happens a lot and people, you may relate to this is people turning to sugar when they're stressed or bored, you know, or upset. So what, what do you see happening here, Ben? Yeah, I'd say this is very common that people, um, they turn to sugar to, as a way of kind of dealing with emotions. And it's going to like, this applies to all sorts of different addictive substances. So, you know, people get down, they decide they want to have a drink or uh, they want to take some drugs or have a cigarette or sugar or whatever. They're always, everyone's got their kind of, their kind of vice. And, the way to kind of overcome this, that if you find that every time that you're feeling emotional, you eat something unhealthy, is to just simply find a better way to deal with your emotions. It's not a healthy way to deal with your emotions to turn to food every single time that you're feeling emotional. So that really just comes down to working on your mindset. And 
that's kind of a big focus of what we do inside of our fit over 40 program, which, you know, a lot of other things don't, don't focus on is we realize that you need to help somebody change their mindset in order to help them to really overcome this. Cause yes, like we said before, like we get people to do that sugar detox, cut sugar out for us for a certain period of time to reduce those cravings. If we also don't deal with the emotional side of it, as soon as they might succeed for a few weeks, as soon as something bad happens, could be a death in the family or a bad day at work or anything, they go off track with their fitness. They'll then turn to sugar to deal with those emotions because that's their default. So other ways of dealing with your emotions rather than sugar, I think the best one is kind of just, we use a process called the thought transformer, which is quite a multi-faceted tool. It can, it can solve a lot of problems but it helps you to process your emotions. So you're having a bad day and you're like, you're thinking like, oh, let's think of an example. What was my first example? I can't remember what it was. It was you're having a bad day at work. I'll just do the having a bad day at work one. So you, you're feeling like your boss, let's call him uh, Jerry. Jerry has been, you know, really unfair this morning at work or this to this day at work. And that's what's got you down. And then you just kind of look at the, examine your thinking. So you'd be thinking like, I'm feeling really upset because Jerry, uh, Jerry is really unfair. For example, you've got this thinking, if you don't have any way to deal with that, you take all of that emotion around that situation and you're like, well, you know, I've had a really hard day. I'm just, I deserve a bit of a treat. And you have the chocolate, the sugar, whatever to deal with it. Or you kind of unpack that. And that's, that's what our process does. And you'll go from that, you'll work through it. You'll unpack all of those feelings and thoughts that you're coming through and you'll get to the end and you'll think like, right, I've resolved that. That's all okay now, all the emotion around that. I've realized it's not a big deal. I don't need to worry about it and I can get on with my day. And then you just go ahead and just get on with whatever it is you wanna do. Spend time with your family, watch TV. You don't feel that, that nagging need to like bury your emotions in, in food or sugar or whatever it is. And that just comes down to having the tools there to deal with your mindset in a better way and then just being consistent with it and everything we said before, like having the accountability and being part of a group, etc., will help you to be consistent with mindset work. If you do that over and over again, over a long period of time, eventually your mindset will shift to the point where you don't need to sit down and do so much mindset work, but your thinking is just, it's just improved. It's just at a better, higher level where you're not going to need to turn to sugar as a default every time, every time life throws you a curveball. Yeah. And this, this may at this point seem kind of overwhelming if you're listening, you know, it might sound like there's so many different things you need to be working on. So this is the reason we created our fit over 40 program is that we break all these steps down that you need to do to overcome sugar addiction and to lose weight in a sustainable way into simple sort of step-by-step -step process and simple step-by-step -step actions that we build up gradually over time. And if you want to find out more about that, you can go to www.fit40info.com. And we'll tell you all about the program there as well. But, you know, don't just take this from us, though. You know, we talked all about today about the theory of this, how you can overcome sugar addiction. But we actually had lots and lots of case studies of people who've done just that. So I'm going to let Ben explain a few of these to you now. All right. So the first one is Georgiana Braban, one of our uh, clients who's a busy office manager and she was in her 40s. So she said... I originally joined for three months to get healthier and lose some body fat in time for holiday. I lost a stone in 12 weeks, which is great, but soon realized Trinity is so much more than fat loss. I learned how to make small changes, which eventually led to a healthy lifestyle. I now feel healthy and full of energy. No more high cholesterol, no longer a sugar addict. So yeah, 
Awesome. Next one then is Claire Gould, who's 46 and she's an accountant from Warwickshire. And Claire said she wanted, said basically she wanted to get herself back into shape and learn how to change her lifestyle in a more sustainable way. So the things that she said had really changed for her since joining were number one, being more confident. So being happy to wear my clothes and not hiding them, which is probably what most people want when they come to us. Secondly, more energy, just feeling generally better in herself. And third, having better sleep. Um, she said she was struggling with, with night sweats, which I now think were down to the amount of sugar and alcohol that I was consuming. So she also said, does someone think of joining? Just go on and do it. It's a well-supported and thought-out program. If I had managed to see results and I have been able to stick to it, then anybody can do it. And final one, final case study we've got here is from Sarah Lanchin, who's 42 from the northwest of England. And she said, I knew I exercised lots, but I was not feeding myself nutritionally and was feeling bloated, sugar craved and fat. I'm now happier in my clothes, feel calmer and in control. I have less crashes from sugar slash hunger, less cravings and feel fitter. To someone thinking about doing it, I watched all the emails coming into my inbox for weeks and weeks and deliberated whether to try it. I was frightened that I would fail at the first hurdle and thought I would have to give up everything that I enjoyed. It's been the opposite. Trinity has challenged me to be more thoughtful about how I feel my body, how I stretch my physical fitness and how I get my mind focused and ready to stay healthy. So yeah, if you're listening to this and you're also kind of in that position where you've maybe been deliberating about whether you should do this or whether you shouldn't, these women managed to turn it around, Georgiana, Claire, and uh, Sarah. And judging by what they said, like it's very common that people say this is actually much, much easier than, than I thought. It's very rare that we get someone join our program, they lose a dress size or two, they boost their confidence, they cut their addictions with sugar, alcohol, and they say to us, you know, that wasn't worth it. I wish I hadn't done that. People are always saying that, other like, I wish I had done this sooner or you know, it's like, it's the best thing I've ever done. So if you're, if you're kind of sat on the fence about this, if you've got these problems that we've talked about and you can relate, if you're thinking, I'd love to give up sugar, but I feel completely stuck right now. I don't know where to start. I don't know how to take control of my health and my fitness and my nutrition and my weight. Um, you may want to check out our fit over 40 method. So again, all the details of that go to www.fit40info.com. Yeah, that's about it then. That wraps it up for this week. Thank you so much for tuning in again. Go and head to that web address, find out a bit more about what we do. And if you're interested, you can book in a phone call from there as well. And we can have a quick chat, find out where you're at and see if we can help you as well. So thanks for listening and we'll catch you on the next one. Mm -hmm.